Hello and welcome to Stolen Birds Podcast, episode number 98. I'm Schmitty. I'm Stark. I'm Donner. And I'm Zook. And uh, this is our second start for the show. We haven't had one of those in a while. We haven't. We, we are professionals. We've normally gotten very good but. at starting these off, and now uh, now we've already screwed up an intro. But uh, before we screw it up any further, we should uh, get our sponsors out of the way so they don't pull out. Our friends over at truckradio.net, kryptonradio.com, stitcher.com, openbookaudio.com, and special guests from... Not guests. Special sponsors. Special friends at squarespace.com. Lose them already. If you want the best website out there, if you want one better than all your friends, check out the guys over at Squarespace. They can hook you up. In under an hour, they can go from helping you get a name, register it, host it, design it, and publish it. Their customer service is second to none, and their designs are out of this world. And, and Schmitty, you love their developer portal, right? Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, I love being able to tweak all the CSS and HTML just the way I want it. So it's awesome. So if you don't know anything about coding, these guys are the ones for you. If you know coding, these guys are still the ones for you. Use the promo code SD2 for Stolen Droids 2 on checkout and get 10% off their already awesome prices or head on over to squarespace.com slash SD. Sounds good. Absolutely. I think we did that better this time than last time. <laughs> I think Practice I makes last perfect. <laughs> All right, well, into our headlines this week, and we start off with uh, the that, that one game we're not allowed to mention from last week. Oh, you mean the super... Oh, <laughs> late thing. The, the superb owl. <laughs> the super that's owl, where, yes. that, that, that That's where the, uh, the, the Edgar Allan Poe's team beat the... Uh, uh, what was the other team? Oh, that's right, the Miners. The gold I, I think it was the San Francisco 50-minus-1ers and the Baltimore <laughs> Blackbirds. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because those are also copyrighted as well. <laughs> of course, we were all watching just for the commercials anyway. Not necessarily. Speak for yourself. I'm a Niners fan. I was so happy <laughs> to see them. <laughs> My team won. I was happy to see well, Denver or Dallas wasn't there. That's just the two teams I dislike. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, they into they that whole thing, <laughs> they they, uh, they actually had a very geeky slant to this uh, this Super Bowl, and I can say that because it's in reference to said Super Bowl. We're not advertising it. Uh, they actually had a network of free Wi-Fi there in the Mercedes Benz Dome. Well, all these cars have got free Wi-Fi in them now, don't they? Well, they don't serve it out to 30,000 people. Um, they had free Wi-Fi with multi-carrier band uh, access points all throughout the stadium. And so you didn't even need a password. You could hop right onto the Wi-Fi. It, had, uh, it was sharing 20 up, 20 down per access point. But they also warned that they would have people, like facilities managers, sniffing out rogue devices. So people who had like hotspots, active hotspots going on their phones. Yeah, in fact, they had it to where you had you had to check in your device upon entering. So everyone that had a phone or, or a device that uh, was going to connect over Wi-Fi, you had to check in your phone. They would register the MAC address um, and then filter out anything that was not on their list. So why right. were they not wanting rogue wireless spots? Or well, rogue? it's kind of like when you plug a router back into itself. You get a cascading IP failure. Yeah. That, that's why. Only uh, multiply that across 30,000. It'd be bad. Now, yeah. I won't name names, but I listen to other tech podcasts, 
And there's one in particular who's lauded rather highly. Who said, well, isn't this great? I wonder why they're doing this. I wonder what... It's probably just for good promotion. It's probably just for goodwill. You know, that's probably the main reason they're doing this. To which I think is unbelievably naive. What is guess the one, they didn't want people live-tweeting from the Super Bowl? Live-tweeting is one thing. Video is quite another. What's that disclaimer we always see at games? It's a property of the NFL. Do not record it. Do not distribute it. Right? People who do that and uh, in Super Bowls pass or in games pass, they'll take a video of it and they'll throw it up online. DMCA takedown within like hours. Yeah, it's it's that whole express written consent as opposed to implied oral consent. That just sounds so naughty. Um, (laughs) But now, uh, so... If I'm an admin, and I am, by the way, and I give you Wi-Fi, do you think I'm going to give you free Wi-Fi without having to set some security barriers in place? Like, maybe to throttle down video transmissions? The answer is no, I I wouldn't do that. You mean I can't watch Netflix while I'm at the Super Bowl? No. Well, and see, so this other particular podcast, who I'm not naming, had someone who was there, and they tried to FaceTime him. And for some reason, even though he had a clear signal and he was there way earlier than anyone else, he had almost unlimited bandwidth, they could not get a clear FaceTime. It was stuttery. He couldn't hear them. The video was choppy and pixelated, almost like it was being throttled. Interesting. So maybe that's the real reason they did it. Well, that not, not only that, but when you have everyone on your Wi-Fi network... You not only can you throttle it, but you can see all the stuff coming through. So people that are, are tweeting pictures or are uploading videos to YouTube, in in essence, they now own those videos and pictures, or at least have access to them, right? And uh, can do what they want with them. So, yeah, and there so was probably like- something to that effect. Like when you when you join the Wi-Fi network, there was probably some kind of. Uh, Disclaimer saying that that they would do that or something. So I don't know. <laughs> you are now joining our free Wi-Fi. You, <laughs> we own you. So, Sounds about right. I don't think it was uh, nearly uh, as uh, uh, as altruistic as people made it out to be. But what they couldn't foresee was that power outage that happened in the second half. <laughs> Which you is know, surprising. That was funny. Well, you know, it's surprising that they couldn't foresee that. Because Beyonce blew the power twice during rehearsals. <laughs> but didn't they also have her on separate generators? I don't know. I, I, I don't I, actually I, care. I, I really don't care either. I don't like Beyonce. But you know she who did t- take advantage of the power outage? Advertisers. Oreo jumped all over that. It was hilarious. Because, like, Oreo had a Super Bowl ad. It was very funny, actually. It was the one over there. Everyone was whispering. It was one of my favorites. Um, and they pay a lot of money for those ads, right? Yep. You yeah. kind of assume that once the ad has shown, that's it. They've gotten their name in. They've put their foot in the door. That's all the advertising they're getting out of it. Unless, like, Coke or Budweiser or someone, they've paid for multiple ads, which is unlikely. In this case, with the power outage, they were immediately able to hit up Twitter and start referencing it. And they have like an entire ad campaign now from it. Power out? No problem. You can still dunk in the dark. They have like ad promos and posters set up for it. 
and this was within minutes of the blackout. I think I think uh, it was six or seven minutes after the blackout happened that they had this ad tweeted up. So, well, if you were on Twitter during this time, it was almost like comedy gold oh, with yeah. how many people who were making. I mean, you had the obvious references about how many uh, NFL referees does it take to change a light bulb and then you had also comments about well when's Bane coming out you know <laughs> and, and, and other things that we could not obviously mention over the air and the like but uh, it, it was hilarious to go back and, and read those and even being in the middle of those as well especially especially when the power company in New Orleans power or sent out a tweet that it wasn't us <laughs> they were That's covering funny. their butts <laughs> yeah yeah I really thought I was being original when I mentioned the whole Bane thing, but then I took to Facebook and saw that all my other friends had mentioned it, too. <laughs> Gee, it's almost like they're geeks or something. Yeah, guess I'm not as unique as I thought, just like everyone else. <laughs> all right, well, into uh, obscure news. Not obscure in that what happened, but obscure in that I thought this was already dead. Sony Minidisc. If you don't know what that is, ask your parents. Is finally dead. Well, I don't, <clears throat> Holy cow! Really? really? A, <laughs> it's not really a parent thing. This this came out of uh, late nineties, early early two thousands. Um, it, it was two. late nineties. I, I was actually ninety two. Yeah, I was oh, no. I was living in South Africa at the time where they were starting to really get big, and I actually had a friend who was from England there, and we. He had a mini disc player, and I'd never seen one. And he couldn't believe that I had never seen one. He's like, "Oh yeah, these are going to be the future of music. They're going to replace a CD." And yeah, I thought they were dead long ago. I thought they were Means dead. Going to buy the white album all over again. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing: what most people forget is that, um, yeah, okay, so it's Sony, big thing. Mini disc, mini disc were a big thing. Japan, which is where mini discs are still mostly popular, is actually kind of this really weird Bermuda Triangle of technology. You'd think they'd be really high end, really high tech, and they're actually not. It's like they're all stuck at a certain point. They use fax machines over email, and they use mini discs over MP3s. But I so I guess it's just now, just now in 2013, that they finally got big enough with the MP3s and iPods and and everything else to finally stop mini disc players. <laughs> so was this technology that just never really caught on in the US but was huge overseas or yeah, it was too by, expensive. Yeah, by the time they got to a, a price point where it was a viable solution, MP3 players took off like crazy. Like solid state MP3 players. And so like like the Rio came out shortly after the price went down on these, so you didn't really see this come out uh, a lot in the general public. Well, and also about that time, uh, CD burners were finally hitting uh, consumer space. Uh, I, I bought my first CD burner; it was a 4x I Omega. About that time, uh, it cost a whole, it cost an arm and a leg. But CDs are open source. I mean, they're open, open standard. Mini discs are proprietary Sony. You couldn't yeah. do much with a mini disc. Yeah, you had to have a Sony player. You had to have Sony software to to write to it. And Anyone could burn a CD. It was easy. So I think that that was the two things that really stuck the nail in the coffin. Um, it, Sony typically does not have much success with 
at least in the U.S. space with new uh, mediums. This one was around for 21 years, which I would consider a win by them. So, uh, oh, rest yeah. in peace, if you Minidisc. Can, if you can survive <laughs> on the market with your product for 21 years, that's that's a good product. And that, that, is, a, that is a win for Sony, even though it may not have been huge over here. You know, How long has Spam been on the shelf? The, the cans at my local grocery store, I'm guessing about seven years by the dust on them. Okay. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the cans of one whole chicken. Ingredients, one whole chicken. <laughs> that exists. Yes, it does. Okay. Um, also keeping with the time, Android is finally getting a port from... Uh, what is it, a decade-old, a two-decade-old little plug-in called Wine? Yeah. So th- will this allow you to go ahead and, like, scan your wine glass and you can tell the age of the wine? No, no, that would be if you were an iOS user. <laughs> They'll tell you oh, the difference okay. between red and white. <laughs> no, what Wine is... Uh, well, actually, Schmidt, I'll let you cover that. Yeah, so Wine is basically... It, well, Wine itself stands for Wine is not an emulator. It's kind of a recursive... Uh, name there. Um, uh, it allows you to run Windows applications or, or full Windows operating systems on a non-Windows uh, operating system. So it's you have Wine for Mac OS, you have Wine for Linux, um, and now Wine is uh, being released, at least in beta form, uh, for Android. And so eventually we'll start to see... Um, Windows being able to be ran run on your Android phone, uh, probably not really fast at first, but at least we'll start to see uh, some minor applications for it. So it's kind of kind of exciting if you're a Windows slash Android geek. And this makes more sense, I think, for those new Android tablets. Yeah, absolutely. Windows apps are not meant for small screens. They're not, you know. That's why Windows Pro, the Surface Pro, is still a little bit weird when you go into desktop mode and you're using a uh, a full screen Windows app on a tablet. So don't expect this on your handset anytime soon. Those new eight core Android tablets, yeah, this could be fun. Yeah, give give it a year or two, and you'll start to see this really take off. So we have no good way to transition to any of our other other headlines. Now from to break out the sausage. Wow, that's a long time term we haven't used in a while. Yeah, uh, yeah we haven't had to pull out the sausage for a while. That's uh, <laughs> There goes another sponsor. I could just feel it. <laughs> you were just waiting to do that, weren't you? Another yeah, sponsor pretty- pulling out. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Shut up. Now would be a good time for some feedback, which I missed. <laughs> oh, oh, do feedback. we have some? We do. We have a bit of feedback. Sweet. Let's break format then. Okay. Let's go before I get us banned. Yeah. Are we? Are we thinking? Uh, taking our friend in yeah. Europe. Uh, from our from our uh, field correspondent Ruff. I'm not yes. giving Ruff that honorary title. He's our field correspondent. Boop, 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 boop. An economic expert. Uh, Zook, good discussion on feelings and stock price. Uh, you remember he and I kind of had that back and forth. Uh, I think we are on the same page, except that I will note that all feelings in the world without money, i.e. buy and sell orders, will not move the stock price. And he's absolutely right. Um, also, 
did you really include, quote, inside information, unquote, in the list of sources you can use to arrive at your feelings about a stock price? You know that's illegal, don't you? Rough, yes, I do. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen. (laughs) Great show. Enjoyed it as usual. I have to stop coming up with these economic stock feedback because even I am starting to hate the rough that is giving the feedback. Cheers from the Australian. Oh, um, oh, I had that completely wrong, Ruff. I am so sorry. <laughs> oh, well, I, I don't think you're the only one. I think I say it, too. But, uh, yes, Ruff is Australian, not from the U.K. Okay, but, and Ruff, if you want to send us any subject, send it to us. Well, yeah, we, we, we don't hate you. We, it, but <laughs> we, yeah, we wouldn't know unless we were called on it, so. Yeah. And yeah, how, how, can you, how can you get better if you don't know you're dumb? <laughs> And how could we ever be mad at an Australian? I think it's just actually impossible. Ruff, we actually need to get you on the show sometime, so let us know uh, in your next scathing bit of feedback uh, (laughs) 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 when we can have you on. Absolutely. We'd love to have you on. Okay, um, into some really kind of bizarre news. In absolute proof that those media companies really don't have any clue what Google does, HBO served Google with DMCA takedown notices saying, hey, look, some of our stuff is on your site and we don't like it and we want you to take it down. And Google said, okay, we'll take it down. Wait, you want us to take down links back to you? That's just pure comedy gold right there. You can't make this stuff up. You know that it's 300 right. million hits you're getting every month? Yeah, that's because of us. <laughs> I don't think you want that link taken down. <laughs> it's like these companies like HBO and Com- not Comcast, but um, well, Time Warner uh, and, and ABC and NBC and all the different studios. It's like they don't get it. They don't understand that Google doesn't host any of this information. It's just giving links. And sometimes the links go to unauthorized sites, and sometimes the links go to back to your site. Yeah. It's, like don't, the, it's like the left hand doesn't know what the right foot is doing. Don't ask Google to take down the links that actually go to your site, because then guess what? No one will go to your site. Yeah, and this is one of those instances where um, it, it, it was a it's a bot that's going out searching for these links, and the bot itself doesn't know the difference between Google and a site that's illegally hosting their stuff. And so, on one side, it's not really HBO's fault, but on the other hand, yeah, it kind of is, because should they be employing a bot to do this, or should they be doing it themselves? Well, I I have a couple things, too, uh, regarding this, that's just downright scary. Now, the cable companies, or excuse me, the ISPs, are. uh, we've talked about the the self-imposed six strikes rule. I actually heard yeah. somewhere that the technology that they use to find this DMCA violation is the same technology that they're going to be using to tell people they're guilty of piracy at, on that six strikes rule, which is just downright scary. Because if it's that flawed, and we already know that in the world of piracy, you're guilty until proven innocent. I see a lot of problems happening here. Yeah. So the next. Oh, go ahead. go ahead. No, you were about to finish. Okay, and, and the next thing is these companies—they're trying to dictate what legislation we have regarding this type of 
activity and and this type of technology yet they have no clue themselves how it's used or what's going on that frightens me more than i can say yeah it and and it's not it's not only hurting um google and and hbo themselves but if if a blog like us or a review company is reviewing uh, or writing legitimate reviews on on their content um, this same bot or these same services will flag them as as possible pirates as well and that it hurts it hurts people uh, you know nonprofit organizations that are trying to do good so well yeah and on that note um, some of the links they're asking to be taken down didn't just go back to them there's some that l- ones that lent back to uh, MTV, IGN, Pinterest, they were reviews for content on HBO. Yeah. It's like a TV review saying, hey, look, the latest Downtown Abbey was awesome. You should go check it out over at HBO, which is basically advertising for them. They asked for it to be taken down. So, um, oops. (laughs) Would you rather pay us for to to advertise for you? (laughs) Because we'll do that. Um, following up on news that I get the feeling we broke. Remember all those other tech podcasts I said I listened to? <laughs> yeah. They just started reporting on this this week, but uh, we've been bringing it to you for a few weeks now. The sale the for Dell oh, no, The sorry. sale for Dell fin- finalized. They have now gone private. Uh, and it came not from Microsoft or anyone else. It came from Michael Dell himself. He basically bought out all the shares to his company. Um, at about $13, 13, here it is, thirteen sixty five per share, which is a premium because it had closed at $10.88. That's a good so deal. If you own some stock, that's pretty good. That's a now, nice return. That is a nice return. Now, that means Ruff, that... Ruff, tell uh, us if we're wrong. <laughs> I, I take a $3 uh, profit for no reason. Sure. Unless you paid 50 a share then you're screwed. Now, this is not... A lot of people uh, in the tech industry have been saying, oh, look how look how the mighty have fallen. Look at them going private. Isn't this so sad? They used to be so good. No, no, people, this is a good thing for them. It means that they are, they're now unified once again. They're solidified. They can move forward without a pesky executive board. They don't have much oversight anymore, and they can actually change directions much faster. Yeah, a lot of uh, companies that weren't publicly traded, at least from what I saw in one of the reports, they were able to make it through some of the stock crashes, like the ones back in 2008. They were able to make it through those a little bit, little bit easier than the ones that actually had to respond to all the different stock, uh, stockholders. I really can't speak today. I don't know why I can't right now. Wasn't sure if that was a wormhole or if Stark was just having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Now, it, I shouldn't it, laugh at that because that's horrible to laugh if he really was having a stroke. But, but I'm a bad person. I think Stark is dead on though. It's like, how, look, we give Rim a lot of crap, right? BlackBerry Research in Motion, we give him a lot of crap. But how much better do you think they could have survived if they weren't paying the salaries for two CEOs, t- two COOs, and the rest of an executive board on top of it? If they had gone, if they were private. Where they only have a president and then a few vice presidents saves a lot in operating costs and it allows the company to switch gears and change motion very quickly. Which in this economy maybe is really the, the, the moral from all this. It's the takeaway. 
now um, not letting itself go down quietly, HP released their opinion on the whole matter, not that anyone was asking. By releasing a, a, a statement saying, Dell has a very tough road ahead. The company faces an extended period of uncertainty and transition that will not be good for its customers. And with a significant debt load, Dell's ability to invest in new products and services will be extremely limited. Leveraged buyouts tend to leave existing customers and innovations at the curb. We believe Dell's customers will now be eager to explore alternatives, and HP plans to take full advantage of that opportunity. Are they going to take advantage of that while they're discontinuing their PC market? Uh, Sure, or, you know, riding off another loss. Well, and you know what? And and again, I I know we're not a financial show, but I've seen other companies, or at least one company, buy back all their stock and do pretty well. You know, I know it's not a trend or anything, but this is obviously a ploy on their side to try to market, hey, Look at us because they're doing bad, and 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 actually, I'm wondering how many people are going. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, well, guess what? HP, you're not doing much better. I don't yep. think your CEO has the money to buy back the stocks if you wanted to. Oh, drop Ouch. the mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it. I I think I think you brought up a valid point, Zook, in that in this kind of business environment in which we find ourselves. Not having to answer to a board of directors and to all these other uh, mucky muck executives, you know, they can they can stop on a dime. You know, they can. It's going to give them, I think, a lot of freedom to shift gears and shift gears rapidly. Now, if uh, you are listening to us and you're like us, you're a tech, not a business person or a financial person, let's put it into terms that we would better understand. Schmitty, I know you've dealt with this many times before. How awesome is it when you're building a new website or you're building a program for one particular person who is also an engineer and knows what he wants? Awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Just, it's basically yeah. one meeting, one week's worth of development, and it's done. What happens when a board of people who have no clue what it is you do all get involved and all want a say in what happens? Development time goes up tenfold, if not a hundredfold. Schmitty and I were on such a project that went from going for two weeks to almost two two years. years. (laughs) It was a nightmare. Finish one feature and another feature wanted to be added or changed. (laughs) It was horrible. Well, you know, I'm actually currently dealing with that with one of my clients. They have to go through and they have to get everything signed off on by like three different groups of people before they can even pass me any drafts of any information. And it's it's taking months. It's it's ridiculous. Michael Dell founded Dell, got it going to a big multi-billion dollar international corporation out of his college dorm room. I mean, it, he didn't he wasn't answering to to all these different people. He just did it. Now we're not saying that everything dealing with publicly traded companies is bad. There is a place for that, but there are also a lot of advantages of being private. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without uh, without Apple 
having gone public years and years ago, they wouldn't have that multi-billion dollar war chest they're sitting on now. You know, yeah. so there's always a place for something, but I let's just leave it at this. I think a lot of the analysts who are going down on Dell, or wow, no, don't. <laughs> I was just waiting for Zoner to say something. Uh-huh. I'll stay quiet. I'll stay quiet. This is the innuendo episode. <laughs> There's the title right there. But I think a lot of the other analysts who are being down on Dell for this are being so un- un- unduly so. Uh, I don't think this is bad for them at all. So, um, into Java news. Oh, Java. <laughs> We're not sure it's Java, but yeah. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. We, our site was one of the many sites that said, hey, the Department of Homeland Security said if you've got Java 7, you really want to roll back to Java 6 as quickly as possible because of the security flaws. Have they fixed that yet, or are we still waiting for a fix? Well, they came out and said it was going to take years to get completely fix. Yeah, they released a fix... And the fix didn't cover everything. Then they released okay. another fix, and that hasn't fixed everything. I am sitting happily on Java 6. Update 39 now. Yeah, and I, I've got the same thing, and I've got this little Java thing popping up every once in a while. Hey, we've got a new one. Please download it. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, they said they said that Twitter it came forward as the latest site to be hacked, and it said it was through a Java vulnerability. Lost about a quarter million uh, accounts were poten- potentially compromised, and it was through a Java vulnerability. Well, yeah. To um, to be fair, they don't say exactly where the where it came from. They just said that it, it follows a major security breach. So they don't really come out and say that it was Java, but there's a good chance that it in, may. But have in the same Java. breath, they said, "Oh, by the way, make sure your Java's in the in the correct version." But, yeah. Okay. Quote. The post doesn't go into details about the methods the attackers use, but does refer to a recent job or vulnerability. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, interesting. Now, interesting, well, very interestingly, later. these were specific accounts. These were accounts of people who were reporting on things happening within China. Yeah, so I think our accounts were safe. But yeah. Uh, oh, of course, that's a drop in the bucket considering how many how many millions of users are on Twitter. Yeah, but it's very interesting. Uh, they've, they've been seeing these. The Washington Post has come forward, too, recently with uh, news about this. Whenever they release something about China, they always have insiders, right? They always have someone within the country who is reporting on things and giving us Westerners information. And yep. every time that happens, all of a sudden, the amount of hacks from within China increase. They're not going after the journalists. They're trying to find out the journalists' sources. They want to know who in their country or who in their government is leaking things to American journalists. And they're saying that this Twitter attack happened the same way. They were going after people who have been outspoken against China looking for other information or who they're getting information from. This is an interesting spear... Spear attack. It's a spear attack using a Java vulnerability. It's crazy. Scary. Don't piss off the Chinese. All in all, just just uninstall Java 7. You don't need it. (laughs) Well, you know, I've actually been having a lot of issues with that, especially on my daughter's laptop, because her school 
has her math programs all online where she does her homework and whatnot. And they require the latest version of Java, and it will not work with older versions. Every single time she goes on, she has to upgrade to the latest version because you know how Java comes out with a new version like every other day Mm -hmm. that's still as flawed as the previous. Time for a virtual machine. (laughs) If you actually have to have Java 7, use Google Chrome. (laughs) Because <laughs> Google Chrome, wait, before a JavaScript, or a Java script, not Java script one word, but before a Java applet is run, Google Chrome will ask you, do you want to run this applet? So yeah. right off the bat, if, if you're going to a site that you know doesn't or shouldn't have a Java applet, you'll know right away, oh, that's kind of fishy, I won't let it run. So if you absolutely have to use Java 7, use Google Chrome. Yep. It's really the only way around it. Okay. Um, moving into pirating news. Pirates. Arg. 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 Um, a recent study has come out about pirates, about online pirates, why they steal things. And Surrender the ab- booty. Notably absent from the report is the reason I want everything for free. We've talked about this before, but now it's nice to have it in a study. It turns out that, no, the reason people pirate things is not because they just want it for free. It's because they want it easier. Highest on the list was, I don't want to watch commercials. Yeah, this study was specific to TVs and movies. Yeah. As opposed to software. Yeah. Um, Which may have different reasons, admittedly. But yeah, uh, 42% said... uh, answered that they don't want to watch commercials. 36% said, I have to wait too long to watch TVs and movies legally. Um, another reason, reason was legal versions are too expensive. Uh, one yeah. was, I can't find what I want through any legal channels. Another one was, I want to watch movies or, t- or TV in more than one device. And uh, the other one, the lowest, one, almost lowest one, is I enjoy sharing videos like I like with other people. That's kind of a weak one to me, but okay, whatever. And well, it, I see this a lot. Yeah, that's these are all valid points. And 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 if if the uh, movie and TV uh, producers or people that uh, offer these things were to listen to these, where we could watch them without commercials, we could easily share them with other people. Um, we could watch them on more than one device. I think we would see pirates go down. I, it's well, and clear. I, actually, we are seeing that. I'm a huge yeah. fan of the uh, British motoring show Top Gear. Mm-hmm. Top Gear has been touted many times as the most pirated show in the world, and there's a good reason for it. They record, they broadcast every Sunday, and if you're lucky and you have BBC America, you'll be able to see that episode in about two years. Yep. They're that far behind. And that's only if you have BBC America. If you don't, you're never seeing that episode. Ever. Discovery Channel had a uh, had a contract with them a few years ago. That's how I was introduced to them. And then they dropped the contract. So guess what? I bit-torrented and I downloaded that show every week. I got to see it right after the Brits got to see it. And I'm sorry, I don't feel bad about that. If it had been available any other way, I would have done it through that. I would have paid to see it, but I was never given the option. Now, this season, for the first time ever, 
it airs in the UK, and a week later, it airs on BBC America. I'm curious to see what the piracy rates will be like with this it, it season. It probably still won't be real favorable past. because BBC America is not a common channel on a lot of uh, cable lineups. True. Yeah, it's but in Europe it, or tears, unfortunately. Yeah, but but I think it will still make a difference. We will see it. Another example is uh, many years ago, I, I liked watching a certain anime series that was impossible to find in the States. Could not find it anywhere. So guess what? We bit-torrented it. By, by we, I mean me and many other fans. The animation company who released it really didn't like that happening. So instead, they reached out and they signed a contract with country with Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll.com now does the American subs and throws it on a week after they uh, air in Japan. And they the had company, the same thing happen with the Battlestar Galactica series when it was when there was they had new episodes a couple of years ago because it was it was made in conjunction with uh, BBC. Basically, there were times it was actually shown in England first, like a week before it was shown in America. Well, there was a lot of fans who didn't want to wait. They're like, gimme. <laughs> yeah. Well, but the the fans that had been fan subbing the show and throwing it up on BitTorrent said, look, there's now a legal way to do this. We're, we're, we're shutting doors. We're not going to do it anymore. We would advise you to all go over and sign up for this free service and enjoy the show there now. You have now a legal route to get to it. Sure, it's a week later, but we're no longer skirting the law. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is a real thing. You just simply make it easier to get to, and with limited commercial interruption, we'll do it. But no, yeah, it, our, our product is too expensive. <laughs> we can't let you have it for that cheap. But, HBO. you know, I, I, think, I think a lot of times the media companies have forgotten the fact that something of nothing is nothing and they need to capitalize they got people who are willing to pay for this content if they can only pay for the content and by not making it available in a timely fashion or or an easily accessible fashion they're losing out and instead of getting a fraction of what they could get they're getting nothing of what they could get right so. They're fools. But those piracy sites are killing our, our, our industry. Nope, you are. <laughs> All right, speaking of Google and piracy, and I, I'm, I'm floundering here. I didn't actually read this next headline. <laughs> um, I'll put it in there, so I'll talk about it. They, Google acquires uh, a company called Chan- Channel Intelligence uh, for $125 million. Um, Channel Intelligence uh, kind of does what... Uh, what Amazon does for you when you buy a whole bunch of products off of Amazon they have an algorithm to tell you what other products you might like um, so Channel Intelligence uh, they partner with a whole bunch of other companies like uh, Best Buy and Target um, when you buy things online they offer you suggestions um, based on based on what you buy and so uh, Google that is there since they've acquired them they're able to provide us uh, a lot better customization, I believe. With with everything we're searching for, now they can 
even target us better, which some people may see as creepy. But uh, I think it's a, a great move. Uh, as I think far they as need to start using a different word than target. Yeah, I, I I think they are using a different word, but that's what uh, that's the word I came up with. So, or are you talking about the company target? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to use a different one of that too. <laughs> index. They should call, say index. Yeah, that's that Index. Well, um, also in Amazon, since you mentioned it, Amazon is launching their own in-store currency. Mm. I think this idea is stupid. Linden. Yeah, well, it's. I think it's 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 stupid on one side and it's smart on the other side. I, you see a lot of other companies doing it. Well, most notably Xbox uh, and Facebook. Um, those are the two that come to mind right away. Facebook failed though with it. Yeah, Facebook failed hardcore, but Xbox is still going. The the difference that I see that I think Amazon did better than than. Uh, Microsoft uh, for, uh, an Amazon coin one coin is one cent an Xbox uh, what are they called X- Microsoft points I don't know they're 400 and yeah, no one knows what they are 500 yeah it's it's really weird it, ten dollars will get you 800 points or something like that it's not an even one-to-one conversion so on that front amazon is doing a great job um but as far as whether they're needed or not that's a that's a different point i don't i don't know i guess we'll have to see how it takes off uh they are going to be offering to all amazon prime users um a uh, a starter package of i think a thousand coins uh, don't quote me on that but it doesn't say in this article but they will be giving uh, Amazon Prime users some Amazon coins to start off with so that they can um, start their coin purchasing process if you will <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how it takes off I have kind of my doubts for it I wonder if I, coin I, I collectors it will take off I don't yeah, think I, I, I do you I don't think it will, no. Oh, you don't? Oh, yeah, I, I don't think it will either. I think that it's going to be a failure. Unfortunately, these all are. Not because I don't like Amazon, but because I, there's almost no reason behind it. It's just one extra step in, in giving you my money. Why would you add more barriers to that? I wonder if there's an ulterior motive for it. I wonder if, if, if companies like Microsoft and Facebook and now Amazon get some kind of tax cut at the end if 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 their customers are using virtual money as opposed to real money you don't have to pay for taxes on fake money yeah so so if i buy 10 dollars worth of coins i'm not taxed on it or are they doing this because of the fact that we've got different you know monetary values across the world well, still, they've got to accommodate the exchange rates that, you know, because people have got to buy their virtual coins. So does that, I, does that mean they can or, have their own exchange rate? Because if you, if you buy at, if you buy 10,000 yen worth of coins, they can lock it at that exchange rate maybe? Or, or, or possibly they just see the value of money around the world as being worth so little with the current economic situation that we're facing globally 
they're like, this money's not going to be worth anything anyways. Let's get our own money. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we we got to move on here to our last headline. This one is kind of a little bit odd. There's a company, and let me pull it up here again, uh, called Copytel. Copytel licensed out a lot of their patents to other companies so they, they can use them. They don't use them themselves. They license it out using different fran techniques or or under a, a paid a paid partnership. Yeah, they, they used to the, manufacture and now they don't. Right. One of the licenses that license out is to a company called E Ink. E Ink uses that to make E Ink screens used in the Nook and the Kindle. These E-Ink are the black claim, and white ones. Yeah, E Ink claims that it's their technology. Copytel says no, it's their technology that they've been licensing out to e-ink and have not seen any return on. No one's really sure what it is yet, but this could uh, threaten to derail Nick's Nooks and Kindles um, everywhere and all other e-ink displays. At least Only if they use the e-ink ones, which I said like are the black and whites. If you've got the color ones, it's gonna it, those those they can still sell. But if, right. if they own them, I'm okay. almost wondering if they're gonna. I'm almost wondering if they're just gonna completely abandon the black and white reader market. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Mm-hmm. Well, I know Amazon's been having issues with sales. Um, well, so is the Nook. We, we've talked about the Nook, how the Nook has been having issues with sales. So I mean, maybe it's an excuse for them to pull out of the market gracefully. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if there's any kind of sinister things. I think a company just wants money. Yeah. Perhaps it shows the wrong time to do it, but... Maybe they need to no, meet I, that judge in Texas we talked about last month or last week. <laughs> you know, I, I'm really getting tired of these these patent trolls. and It's yeah. just... It's become ridiculous. Well, that, we'll leave that one where it is. Uh, we need to move into our talking point, but before we do, we want to say hello to another new sponsor, uh, Gunner Opticals. Gunner uh, pr- produces those great uh, computer eyewear, is what we would call it. Zoner and I had a chance to meet up with them in Vegas, and uh, I will admit, I was completely skeptical. These are the amber lens glasses you wear to at a computer. I didn't think there, there was... I thought it was a bunch of snake oil. I won't lie. I chatted with them for a while. I wore them. I went through their demonstration. And I sat there with them on for maybe 10 minutes. And in 10 minutes, I could tell, no, they're not lying. There really is something to them. They pre-focus your eyes within uh, normal computer range. They cut out the blue light. They help your eyes. They even helped mine. And I have horrible eyes. Um, Zoner was the most impressed with them. I think you're actually getting a pair. Is that correct? Yeah, I'll, I'll be getting a pair. And there's, I've talked with some people at my company that will be getting a pair as well. So. These things work. They also have a system where you can uh, get them. Uh, like I wear prescription lenses. I can have prescription lenses cut as gunners. So this works well. And guess what? Using our code, stolen droids, all one word, you can get 10% off which is a fair chunk of money off a set of these. And guess what? If you get prescription lenses, you can use your cafeteria plan. These are accepted under cafeteria plans and health insurance. Pretty awesome. Wow, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, go ahead. Use your uh, use the promo code STOLENDROIDS. Uh, they're offering free shipping on anything over $99. Um, up next, we're going to hand it over to Squishy so we can hear what's coming up on The Scam Show, Episode 2. This week on the Scam Show Podcast. 
we recap all the best trailers from the big game, the World of Warcraft movie has a new director, more details emerge about new Star Wars movies, Stan Lee launches a new Kids Universe imprint, some big titles from the new 52 are getting the axe, and some potential major spoilers from Marvel's Phase 3, including a possible big reveal about Avengers 3. All this week on the Scam Show Podcast. Squishies, comics, and movies. Brought to you by StolenDroids.com. All right. You can catch the Scam Show here on StolenDroids.com. I think we're going to be releasing it every Monday. Uh, He's also on iTunes and Zoom and pretty much anywhere else you can think of. Soon to be Stitcher, hopefully. Yeah, we're going to have to redo the main site, too, so you can get a direct link to it. But it's Squishies, comics, and movies. He's not actually scamming you, we promise. Or do we? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our, uh, our talking point this week comes from a really interesting uh, post on Slashdot. Uh, someone that made the tried-to-be-convincing post, I'll get into that here in a moment, that we have reached the end of groundbreaking discoveries and scientific breakthroughs. Actually, quoted it was well-written, I'll give it that. But um, I'm not so sure I agree. What are your guys' thoughts on this? I I kind of agree with. Him. I mean, he did say uh, in here, um, and it's, it's short enough. We can probably read the whole thing. But uh, one of the sentences here is: "There's there's still plenty we don't know, but so much of it is highly specialized that many breakthroughs are understood by only a handful. So while breakthroughs will still happen." Um, like like the discovery of the Higgs boson um, and discoveries in uh, quantum quantum physics and things like that, um, they may be big big breakthroughs as much as like you know breaking the sound barrier and things like that. But the layperson just doesn't understand them, so it they go unnoticed. So. I would disagree with him because there are two reasons that we are doing a lot of scientific research. I mean, technically, one of the reasons is is that we, we want to have knowledge. But eventually, someone wants to take that knowledge and use it for one of two things. One, is there a military application for this, because then I can turn around and sell it to the military. Two, is there a commercial application for this? Because then, then I can, I can turn, turn around and sell it to everyone else. I can sell it to everybody else. I mean, the internet started out as a military application and then turned into a commercial application. And nowadays, I'm almost wondering if we could even live our lives without it in, in, our, in our current modern age. No, see, now, I disagree with this statement because I understand what he's saying by any discoveries or breakthroughs that come out will be not to the layman's understanding. I think it they, we, we reach groundbreaking breakthroughs all the time now. I think that people have just stopped caring. You know, we talk about uh, different ages we go through. We went through the the Iron Age, right? The Bronze Age, the Iron Age, the Steam Age, the Nuclear Age, the Jet Age, and now we're in the Information Age. Well, the problem is, is no one cares, but yet everyone cares. So well, think I, I think I think along that line, information is so readily available. That and we're so inundated with this information that when we get more information, it's hard to filter out. Okay, oh, this is noteworthy. You know, they yeah. oh well, they they've got uh, a rover on Mars. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Great. You know, whereas 
50 years ago, it was, holy crap, we just landed a man on the moon. But you, you know, I, I think batteries that, and slide rules. Yeah, I, I think that people have kind of, I, I think we've become desensitized almost to the innovation that we see. Because I mean, I work in I work in the field of beta testing. I see stuff every day. In fact, I was with a client today on the phone for a couple of, for like an hour, and it was like I couldn't believe what they're trying to do with with their particular product. It's like. That's amazing. Why is why is you know this not? Why hasn't this been done yet? Well, and see, I, I think what's really funny about that, you know, we're being so inundated with information. I think that's because of one of the groundbreaking breakthroughs that we're talking about. If you think about it, most people now have the whole of human knowledge in their pocket, a smartphone, well, and the internet. It. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, access to it, but. That is unheard of. It's earth-shaking. It is world-changing. It's groundbreaking, if anything is, and yet most people don't view it that way. I'm playing Angry Birds. I'm misspelling a text message to my friend. <laughs> but yet it is, it is more powerful than all the computers that were used to launch a man to space. Yeah. I think a lot That's of groundbreaking. I don't care if you don't understand it. That's what it is. Yeah. I think along those same lines, we get information so quickly now that we kind of lose the quality of of news lines. Of what um, it means. Yeah, 20, 20 years ago when it took uh, a week or so to get to get news of a groundbreaking, a ground, uh, you know, a new hurdle in science, it was quality. But now, when we get it the instance it was discovered, um, it doesn't give the scientists time to to mold their their statements and so we get things like we've discovered the Higgs boson oh we haven't actually oh now we have oh we haven't actually oh now we have we're getting them so quickly that people are starting to discredit them before they're even out the door well it's, it's not just science right I, I know we're kind of getting a little bit off topic here but basically sometimes the information comes so fast and of course the bloodthirsty cutthroat world of journalism if you're first, you you with the with the headline with the, with the, with that piece of news, you're big on the whole situation. Or and if so, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, even if you're wrong. I mean, so so like for example, today there was a, there was a tweet about a school moving an athletic conference today, and there were rumors about it hours before it was officially announced because somebody had to be first in making the announcement that school Y is moving to conference Z. And and, it, it, and sometimes they, they want to be so first so fast that they are going to get it wrong. Oh, so and so's died. Oh, no, they haven't. You know, it, it's almost anything. I'm wondering if that is kind of overlapping it as well. But I still I still think he's wrong. I still think there's I still think there's going to be groundbreaking science. There's always going to be a new hurdle. There's always going to be. I mean, yeah, we've already talked about how they might even have a chance to actually make a real warp engine. For like, like it's going to be on Star Trek, and it's in this, and 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 they've already got to how the spaceship's going to be designed and everything. You know what? It's going to be groundbreaking when they finally break that warp barrier, or finally actually have a real transporter, or finally actually have a working holodeck. I would like holodeck. to point out that uh, the definition of the warp drive in Star Trek is different than the definition of the warp drive NASA is working on. NASA is working on an Albuquerque's warp. Not yeah, yeah. It's you different, but I understand about what that you mean. Still, droids actually. <laughs> I have quite a few posts about that. But yeah. It's like it, 
we all read XKCD here on, on the panel, and they have a great what-if section now, and this last one was, what if, you know, when will Sneakernet finally be overshadowed by Internet? And it talks about data densities and whatnot. And he talks about how, really, if you were to fill a milk, a gallon jug of milk, dump the milk, obviously, and fill it up the top-of-the-line micro SD cards, you could fit 1.6 petabytes into a milk gallon jug. That's a data density that is unfathomable even today to most home users. To most enterprise users. That's a huge amount of data. 1.6 petabytes is the equivalent of 1,600 terabytes. Most people don't have that in their computers. Still, even today. (laughs) Ten years ago... That's ludicrous. That's unheard of. Fifty years ago, when they first brought out the first magnetic hard disks, that's science fiction, and you are lying. Yeah. Actually, they had to be really, really careful about the way they were going to be using computer memory terms in Star Trek. Is because they knew the moment they'd come up with a term that was scientifically plausible, it was going to be surpassed in like 10 to 15 years. And they didn't want <laughs> yeah. the show to look too dated. So, I, I don't know. I disagree. I think that we are going through a whole bunch of breakthroughs, but that people just don't care anymore. Or they don't understand it, so they don't really apply it to how it, what it means to them. Or as Zahner said, it, it just gets lost in the noise, as it were. Yeah, I kind of well, see your point. That before we broke the sound barrier, everyone said it was impossible. We couldn't do it. And then once we broke the sound barrier, we're like, oh, we, we can't go three times the sound barrier. And then we did it. And so, I... I I can see your point. We're how we're we get to the point where we think we are the masters of everything, and we don't think we can advance anymore. And I think we're wrong. yeah, we're wrong. I think we're arrogant. Yeah. I, I, I think too. We have a whole generation of kids that have come up with this technology, whereas our parents and 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 grandparents and before them, you know. I, I, the moon landing was a big deal. Everybody was watching TV because everybody had to see it. Now, the Mars rover landed. The geeks got up and watched it on the internet, but it, it wasn't really mainstream. It, it wasn't an event, you know, that that was seen in every single house. Yeah, everyone knew about and, it. But nobody really cared that much. Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and I think that I think that we've just got this technology and, and we're so accustomed to this technology that people just don't care just like you right. were saying it, it's just it, it, they take it for granted it's it's completely taken for granted now that we've completely made ourselves out to sound like old fogies what do you the <laughs> listeners think we want to hear feedback at stolendroids.com have we reached a plateau have we reached a barrier get uh, off my <laughs> uh, into our favorites my favorite is a book I don't even know if it's still in print, but you can get it on Amazon. That's the link I've given you. It's called How to Live Safely in a Science Fiction Universe. Uh, If you are looking for some good sci-fi, this is it. It's a great book that I picked up just this last week. I love it. It chronicles the story of a guy. He is a uh, time travel repairman. Uh, In his minor universe, which is just a minor one off off the branch of a major one, uh, it was like his universe wasn't completely made by whoever was making it, and the laws of physics were left about 93% complete. So time travel is possible, and it gets screwed up every once in a while. 
his problem in life is that once he accidentally ran into himself and shot him. Oops. So he knows that one day he's going to kill himself. And he's just, it's just a really interesting book about how he needs to tread safely and move around in this science fiction universe. Definitely worth checking out. It's available on ebook or still in paper if you can find it used, but uh, you can find it on Amazon. Sounds a little like Looper there. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, my favorite this week is an Android app. Uh, I was going to do a different android app but i changed my mind when this came out uh yesterday the simpsons tapped out is kind of a cross between sim city and zynga's cityville from facebook uh but it's the simpsons and so it's infinitely better than anything zynga could ever come out with basically homer has blown up springfield proving that the safest place at a nuclear blast is ground zero and your job is to rebuild Springfield. It's been available on iOS for about a year, I suppose, and it's gotten pretty good reviews over there. It's now on Android. Uh, like I said, it just came out yesterday. It's it's great. If you have Android device or iOS, check it out. It's free. Uh, they do have in-app purchases, but doesn't mean you need to do it. So, yeah, um, have fun. Actually, that sounds pretty cool. I'll check that one out. Sounds like yeah, it, Springfield. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I've actually been playing it quite a bit, so very fun. All right, one of the biggest reasons I like science fiction is because of the what-if factor. And uh, usually somebody thinks of the what-if, and then they start the creative process, and that usually inspires other people to go ahead and create things as well. So when I see something that somebody has made, that they started with the question of what-if... Sometimes I think this is really cool. I, I am a little bit of a math geek. I'm not a major math geek. But I happened to stumble across this on the internet recently. It talks about 